Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome back to the Bucks Banter Podcast. I am your host, Colin Hallboom, joined by my co-hosts, Bo Danyard and Scott Capron. And we are here to discuss the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off back-to-back home losses. Uh, Embarrassing defeat, really, at the hands of the potent Kansas City Chiefs offense. At least they prove they are still potent against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to get right into it. We're going to talk about this game because there's lots to talk about. Uh, And then we're going to kind of shift into more of what I'm calling the quarterly review, where we're going to kind of break down this team from a bit of a bigger picture perspective. Uh, Because crazy as it is, we're already four games into the year, which is pretty much a quarter. So um, I hope my co-hosts are doing well. I'm working on not sharing the uh, mundane pleasantries we often do off the top. So I'm going to try and just (laughs) transition right into some football talk. Um, But this is our 63rd episode. So this is a big one because it's our Leroy Selmanth episode, an all-time great Buccaneers defensive end. So shout out Leroy Selman. And all of you watching or listening who know who that is, um, I know the Buccaneers faithful are really well aware, especially our baby boomers. Um, hell of a player he was. Well, when we started doing this, you know, one of the big goals was to get to the Leroy Selman episode, right? So to call it out early, to see, to really see the field in that way and to get there, big achievement, boys, big achievement. But um, yeah, hey, how are you? Good, good. I... Uh... Before before I let Scott try and like talk me out of believing in this Bucks team, um, I do want to just kind of plug some of my stuff. So I got I've got like five articles already coming out over these last couple of days since the game at BucksGameDay.com. Make sure you check those out. We got tons of content coming every day, and there's just so much news surrounding this team. It's a pretty fantastic organization to cover at this point in time. Um, so yeah, make sure you're checking out BucksGameDay.com. And while you're here, please uh, like and subscribe our videos on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Helps us out a lot. And um, otherwise, we are available for podcast streaming on any of your preferred services. So there you have it. Uh, Buccaneers 31, Chiefs 41 on Sunday Night Football. That score is really not indicative of how much of a drubbing it was. Um, the Chiefs handled the Bucks the entire game. Bucks defense didn't stand a chance. They got off to a really bad start right away, which has become a theme for this team this year. Um, special teams was an issue, and that's where, where the issues began in this game. Rashad White took it from inside his own end zone instead of taking the touchback, and he fumbled like around their own 20, giving, giving the Chiefs a ball right away. I mean, that was disastrous. That was brutal. I, I mean, what a harbinger of things yeah. to come, right? Like just a terrible sign. Immediately, and obviously, if you're going to have a catastrophic mistake in general, you would want to, um, you know, even if it leads to a touchdown from the other team, you'd want to have it early, as early as possible, right? Like, it, it was 7 nothing with uh, less than a minute into the game, right, with Kansas City capitalizing right away. But I don't know about you guys. It was one of those ones where it was just like, oh, no, this is, this is just a bad sign and just – Another time where, as Colin uh, indicated, like just another bad start against a team where you just can't have a bad start. You get the ball first, you need to score against Kansas City. You know what I mean? That's the whole point is to get a lead against them. You can't receive the kickoff and and be down a touchdown. It, It was just, and I know stuff happens. I don't know why on earth he's taking the ball out of the end zone. Like, just don't do it. 
like it, it's just it's not worth it don't do it and um just wow what what a way to start the game really set the tone you're right in the yeah, wrong way for I the mean, bucks and like you could see mahomes body language that whole kansas city chiefs offense they were like oh shit all right let's go like they're all hyped up before they even started while the bucks are feeling deflated just not a good you know it's obvious yeah, why it and, wasn't good wasn't and, it? And kind of we kind of knew kc was going to come out like that right like coming off that loss to the colts basically let's, kelsey drop away from it they were ready to play and let's not it did Super Bowl, Super Bowl revenge as well, right? That yeah, too. and that's all fair, Bo. But let's not, you know, give them a, a head start as well by fumbling mm-hmm. the by fumbling the the opening return, right? Let's let them earn it. I'm sure they. I'm not saying it would have gone any differently. I think Kansas City was going to play excellent, um, regardless. Had that had that not uh, started off the game for them, as Colin indicated, the 41-31 score was not indicative. This was way closer to a three score win. Uh, I don't think that the Bucks ever made it a one-score game, if I remember correctly. Like, like this was out of reach um, yeah. immediately. This was the one game this week that wasn't a one-score game. Yeah, yeah, seriously, in the way it feels like the whole season's going right. But um, it just and you know the flowers to KC too. Of course, a good team capitalizes right there. Right, they didn't go three and out and kick a field goal. And, you know, kind of get a free three points to start the game. No, they scored right away, kind of, um, you know, embark their will, I suppose, or whatever, uh, on the game. And it was just, it was bad. I mean, I don't know where exactly you want to go, Colin, from here, because there's lots lots to talk about about the team and that game specifically. But just regarding that start, don't give Mahomes a free seven points. Don't do it. Yeah, and special teams has been an issue for this team. So I do want to, like, just while we're on the topic of special teams starting a, the, the game off on the wrong foot, I mean, uh, the the Bucks rookie punter whom they drafted, Jake Camarda, I mean, he's been solid. He's been okay. He's been pretty good. Uh, he only had three punts in this game, but one of those he booted out of bounds early in the second half, yeah. uh, giving the Chiefs the ball in the 35. I mean, you just can't do that to them. That's felt like at that point of the game the equivalent of turning it over at your own 20 yard line like because they were just firing on all cylinders so that was a really tough look um and like i looked it up today his punter epa so expected points added based off purely off the punting game uh he's dropped to 25th in the league so just another aspect of the buccaneers special teams which have been an issue for this franchise forever and the first few games actually looked really solid um, after yeah. after look, looking really shitty in the preseason, it seemed like that their special teams were were doing them favors in those first three games, but uh, not in this fourth one. And that was just kind of all I wanted to say on that. What I want to talk about um, is the defense getting trampled in the run game. Um, yeah. This is something this is something we haven't seen since Todd Bowles took over the helm of the defense in Tampa and. Um, the, the defense couldn't stay off the field. And a big part of that is because Pacheco or. Pacheco, I forget his Pacheco, name. Pacheco, yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter his damn name. Like, we saw him <laughs> running train on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, you know. He did not look like the- he was going to be tackled within 10 yards, basically. Like no. He was, every touch, it felt like he could break something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for a defense that's looked so good this year, they've been the best defense in football, really. Yeah. Um, it was tough to see because Mahomes was on one all game, but the Bucs didn't do anything to knock him off his game. And, like, to me – it started and ended with the D-line. Um, they were terrible. They couldn't generate any pressure outside of Shaq no. Barrett. Shaq Barrett was working. Um, yeah. He was working hard. He didn't get to Mahomes, but he was he was a handful. 
Uh, but everyone else, specifically the interior, was not doing their job. And that even includes Vita Vea kind of getting handled. Now, uh, like our, our good friend of the show, Josh Quapo, he was or Capo was was talking about that on Twitter. Um, the one thing I do want to say though is like the Chiefs have an elite interior o- offensive line, and that doesn't mean like Creed Humphrey, who's an incredible young center in the league, probably not talked about enough. That doesn't mean he's handling Vea on his own. He's got Joe Tooney on one side um, and Trey Smith on the other, so two like really really top end guards. So. You know, Vea was getting doubled all day, but still, Vea gets doubled all the time, and he can normally exactly. still make an impact. He wasn't this game, and they missed Akeem Hicks beside him. No one else caused any issues up the middle. So I just kind of wanted to discuss that and, you know, let you guys take it where you may from there. I just had to get that off my chest. Well, sorry, Bo. If I could, I'm just going to take this for a second. First of all, it's funny. Um, defense is not reliable in the NFL like week to week, you know what I mean? Like it really is matchup dependent quarterback dependent. And just because you're a dominant defense, like other teams can exploit it, which is funny. Cause if you juxtapose it versus, um, you know, watching college on Saturdays, obviously it's like, okay, Alabama and Georgia have bigger, faster guys on defense. Like it's going to be hard to score on them basically. Right. And this was, I just thought this was an interesting example of look at how great the blocks have looked defensively the offense has struggled and they've been injured, but who's going to score on them? What does it matter? And obviously this is an extreme example as well because it's Kansas city. Right. But still didn't matter. Didn't matter. Like they, the play calling, the fact that they were, it it seemed like they were never in a bad second or third down situation combined with the bucks, just not playing well defensively. I mean, the the chiefs could have picked their score, right? That's what it felt like it in the, what was the, the one stop in the first half was, really just uh edward solaire like dropping a wide open touchdown right because yeah. it hit him in the head like it's a fourth the fourth conversion that he just yeah basically... and it was on that was on fourth down so like te- yeah. it goes in the books as a stop right so there there is a lot going on there i don't think the defense is awful we've definitely praised them on the pod before um you know not nice to get marcus Mariota this week coming up and you just chalk it up to mahomes was on fire Andy Reid, I think, play calling wise, was on fire, and it was just one of those nights. But it was jarring to see relative to how well the Bucks have played those first three games on the defensive side. It's it's always going to be jarring to see just to that group of running backs, like Isaiah Pacheco. Like he seemed like he was awesome. My first time really paying any attention to him, honestly. Um, yeah, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I think we've kind of buried him on this podcast before. It's crazy to give up 155 yards to those two guys. And Bo, it's not like they were playing Derrick Henry or Jonathan no. Taylor, or you know what I mean. Like, it, yeah, the Chiefs feel like they don't generally have like a typical running back usually because it's been Clyde Edwards-Helaire, or even if you go back to Andy Reid with the Eagles, like Brian Westbrook. You know what I mean? Like good players and everything, but not just like hand it off and like run between the tackles kind of guys. But that Pacheco. Um, I don't know, variable of him just being kind of like a normal running back and yeah. just seeing them get carved up was, yeah, it was, it was shocking. I think this, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a sly play by Andy Reed to come out hammering the ball up the middle. I don't think they cause they haven't been doing that against other teams. Right. So, and, no. and the bucks know how good they are at stopping the run. It's almost like they just had, they were just working on, on dropping their, their defensive tackles in the coverage all week at practice. Like they were just not yeah. expecting it or something, but you got to adjust stopping the run, stopping the run. Like, 
Sorry, Bob. And I think you put it perfectly, Colin, like, since 2019, I just have not, like, you just do not expect anyone to run the ball in this defense. Like, it's just not a thing that happens. And especially mm-hmm. not Kansas City. Like, I just, it's the thing that you go into the game least worried about and most confident that you can stop if it gets out of hand for a quarter. I can see it get out of hand for a quarter or so. Yeah. But for all game, it felt like it was four or five yard runs minimum. Bucks got beat in the trenches on both sides. There's no yeah. doubt about that. While, while we're talking defense, I just want to say, though, despite how that game went, like, like Mahomes, Andy Reid, you guys have both said it. They executed the, the, the game plan perfectly. Mahomes looked un-fucking-believable. Like, yeah, yeah. Because he was just taking what they gave him. Like, that's what everyone was talking about coming into this year, what he would need to do. The Chiefs offense looks different. Like, I feel like that game was the epitome of it. Kelsey was un- yeah. unstoppable at the start. Um, however, I still think the Bucks DBs held up okay. And, like, Jamel, D- D- Jamel Dean was blanketing dudes all game still and it didn't matter because yeah. Mahomes is just hitting who was open. Um but I like you know if we're gonna like pick a, a position groups or certain players who maybe didn't get absolutely smacked around he's a guy who who's impressing me more and more each week. He's the second highest rated corner in the NFL according to PFF and I know I like to pick and choose where I believe in PFF grades based on how they rate a certain player. But in this case <laughs> they, they seem the bang ball, on yeah. boys. They seem bang on. Well like the <laughs> thing and I think that's that's the thing that I kind of need to come to terms with with this defense is basically coming into this year, I was like, this can be a Super Bowl defense based on the front. And I think it can still be a Super Bowl defense. I'm just, I'm dubious of the cornerbacks and the secondary in general being able to play at this level all year. And especially at the volume of snaps that the top four guys are playing. Like, I think like your top four DBs are playing every have played every snap this entire year. <laughs> is that is that wrong? Like I don't know. Well, corner it's wise. So, it's so high. just for, corner just wise for, for sure. Just for the corners, but it depends on the package, right? So like nickel yeah. packages like Logan Ryan's gotten in there. And then this game they were using Keanu Neal because Logan Ryan got banged up. Logan Ryan had been great when he was in there. Mike yeah. Edward Edwards speaking at PFF, he was rated number one out of all uh free safeties, which is kind of crazy. Um, but like I just I don't know. I just feel like you're going to, on every down, you're seeing some combination of Jamel Dean, Antoine Winfield Jr., Mike Edwards, and Carlton Davis. Like those four guys those are four. out there constantly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're, you're and I'm just, yeah. And I'm just like, you're going to need some depth at some point to well, to lean back on. And I, and I know at some point they're going to have to test SMB. Like you're going to have to rely on that guy. I just think over 17 weeks and then a playoff run it's going to be so tough for those guys to play at this level for that long, which is why it's so important for this front to figure it out. It is inevitable that you'll need to depend on your depth at the corner position. It's just too physically daunting of a position trying to keep up with the wide receivers this day and age, like or any mm-hmm. wide receivers. Yeah. But how about SMB though? One snap, one pick, baby. Like, <laughs> yeah. that, like, that, that was nice. But yeah, like is what it is. Pretty- on that. Pretty impressive too, considering he uh, he hosted a Guinness tour in Dublin on the Saturday. So to, to make it back in time to actually do that is pretty. Cool. He took the Vikings and the he. It was yeah. the same day actually. He yeah, took the yeah, London teams go. out. Yeah. yeah. I didn't love him celebrating the pick so hard to the crowd. I mean, I guess if that's his first action and he gets a pick, he has the right to do that. But I was just looking at the score and I'm like, just run back, just give the ball we, up. We see every week that score does not dictate. Um, size of celebration right so no. that i mean that's about yeah. par for the course but yeah i i, I agree 
Now, on the other side of the ball, so now I'm going to start, you know, there's there are some positives to be had on this side. First of all, it was really great to see Tom Brady airing the ball out to competent receivers for the first time mm. this season, which is obviously a defining feature of this group, this this offense last year, right? That's And Scott, like what you were saying earlier, I mean, your defense could be however good you want it to be. There, no defense is bulletproof. And if you're a team with more bullets, you're going to win. And that's what a good offense will beat a good defense. Like, I couldn't agree with you more, man. Um, And that's why I think it's important. We'll talk, uh, you know, when we get to more of the, like, big picture stuff uh, about the play calling. And we've talked about it plenty. Um, But for now, just kind of breaking down some of the individual players. um, I think Brady was dialed in. He looked great throwing the ball. Um, Yeah. But it didn't look great watching him get laid out by Jerry Sneed, by the way. Um, where apparently it's, it's come out that by Ian Rappaport that Brady suffered some form of a ro- rotator cuff injury, sat out practice today, but apparently not expected to be an issue for him moving forward. And something to keep an eye on, though, I think, if he gets hit like that again, right? The O-line, I already mentioned the trenches, got to keep that guy upright. But Brady looked good. Brady looked good throwing but, the ball. So, but that- like, I think we've talked about the pass protection and, like, it's been good. it's been good, but, like, I looked it up. Brady's getting the ball out as fast as he's ever gotten out in his entire career. It's like 2.2 seconds or something like that. So, like, I don't know if the pass protection is that good. I know for a fact that you guys can't run block. Like, there's a problem there. Like, like, I I don't understand how – and I know the Chiefs have a good interior D-line. It's just, like – I, I got it. I got to see some more proof that you guys can run block. That's that's the thing that's concerning me. It's like if you can't run the ball, I know Brady's going to get it out in two seconds, but it's just not sustainable. Like you, every drive can't be a two minute drill. It, it, a lot of our O linemen are actually grading out better in run in run blocking than they are pass protection, um, which is interesting but... that I pulled up today. Um, I think you know. I think Lenny, I think Josh was on to something when he when he was on with us last week, kind of criticizing Lenny. I don't know if he was saying it on the air if him and I were talking offline, but he was he was airing out some concerns about Leonard Fournette and his lack of of juice hitting the hole and just, you know, being too slow, too reluctant. Um, I think that plays into it a little bit too. I don't think this group is a lost cause necessarily. I mean, they, they first game of the year, uh, Lenny went off, right? They were running the ball. So but but it's really hard to to um, describe what this group is in general because they've looked so different um, throughout some of these games. So and they have I've, the greatest crutch in the world in Tom Brady getting the getting the ball out that fast too. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. He's always done that to protect his old lineman, right? He's always gotten the most out of them, doing them plenty of favors. Yeah. But the other thing too, um, you know, because they have struggled in pass pro, no doubt, as well, but. Haven't 27 snaps. That's how many snaps Godwin, Julio, and Mike Evans have played together this year. 27 yeah. plays. So, again, you'll hear probably hear me mention that again because I, I'm a little more optimistic than maybe you guys are at this point in terms of forecasting how this next stretch of game is going to go. Um, but um, if you don't have anything to add on um, Tom Brady, I mean, you know, he went finished, I think, 39 for 52 for 380 something yards, three touchdowns. So, you know, for a team that's putting the ball in the air, that's the kind of numbers you want from an efficient quarterback. Tom Brady was that. Mike was, Evans, sorry. They were playing catch up the whole game. You know what I mean? Like, I for sure. I do, I'm just happy with how he looked. I thought he looked the part. You know what I mean? So that's, that's huge. And that's probably more important, honestly, than anything else. 
But the only reason they started to throw the ball was because of how inefficient they were early and how they they finally realized that they could not stick to running the ball up the middle on first down and, and try to keep in, you know, keep the Chiefs within arm's length, right? So it, it's a bit of a damn if you do, damn if you don't, I think, from this from this whole game because I'm glad we saw Brady look really good. And obviously I thought Evans looked looked great. Not that he was he was only he was coming off a suspension actually wasn't one of the ones who was who was actually injured but um i don't know the whole the, the whole game was such an asterisk just because i thought it was like out of control so early you know what i mean yeah. like I, it's kind of a hard one to take a lot from other than actually how brady looked which was great and that's what i'm talking about though right yeah. just individually yeah. how did guys look because you're right For that's sure. all Sorry. you can, yeah no problem i just want to figure it out and clarify that like so i was about to, evans was a beast like yeah. he was really a beast, not just in the red zone. He was creating separation all over the field, every level, yeah. eight catches, hundred plus yards, two TDs. You could tell, like you said, Scott, he was itching to get back on the field. Um, and I thought he looked mm-hmm. great. And I thought Godwin looked great and, and without yeah, feeling great. And like, there's no way he was feeling great. I mean, no, you can tell he's stuff. laboring, but like, yeah, he, like when the whistle blows, he's ready to go. Torn ACL, torn MCL plays like a quarter and then, pulls his hammy um right misses two games comes back he's just when he's out there man like it's kind of like myself and it's myself and pickup basketball though like he only knows one (laughs) speed so like i'm often on the shelf because i just i'll come back like 80 percent and just like injure myself because of the way i play like i'm not smart enough or something but godwin's the same way he's just a lot healthier than me anyway so i feel much more optimistic about his long-term health um (laughs) But he, I'll tell you one thing. He's going to get healthier, and he's going to get more, more and more comfortable each week. And it's a real treat to see him back on the field and to get through yeah. a whole game without having to exit the game because it's been a minute. Um, so that'll be fun. And then the last guy I wanted to hit on, I mean, same goes for Julio, by the way, in terms of finishing the game, Bucks coming away without losing one of them. That felt like a win in this game. Um, and I hate to say, like, you know, I know Cambrate suffered a concussion, but uh, – Kate Otten then was forced into occupying all of those snaps as the primary inline tight end. He's a rookie. I get it. A fourth round pick at that, but he can do everything Cam break can. I, I kind of went off last week, but like, let's bump old Ivy league cam down on the depth chart. Shall we? <laughs> yeah. I think it's time. It's uh, it's crazy. I'm looking at the box score. Kate uh, cam break eight targets, four catches, 32 yards. Kate Otten four targets, three catches, 29 yards. Like mm. you give him a little bit more volume, you're going to see a lot more return. Um, and, he, and he's a way Even Co-Keefe, my, my guy, the, the oh. Viking. He's <laughs> Neanderthal. Yeah, Dutch the Viking. Dutch Viking with the red yeah. hair, just flaming. Yeah. 19 yeah. yards on that one catch, but just – I, I like it. It's a wrinkle to his offense. I think you can you can play these tight end sets – uh really effectively uh and and you don't need to worry about break so uh, yeah yeah that's that it's it sucks to see a guy lose his spot because of injury but i think he lost his spot because of his production like weeks ago too so okay just can, we wanna... talk, can we talk about left witch now because <laughs> holy shit yeah 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 we can now scott um yes yes you can start okay talking about so all right just as a fan as a fan, Colin, what 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 are your takeaways? Where are you with him? I'm very frustrated because, like, I look at it 
you know, since he's been calling the plays. And last year, it was the same story, man. He wasn't running enough play action. He was scared to pass on first down. Wasn't setting guys in motion, getting creative enough. Um, and it hurt bo both of the last two seasons. This was the case. And then he, he eventually started to do what he needed to do to be successful. Like the numbers pointed out too, like using more play action, like I said. And pa passing on first down is a big one that we always hit on, that we always talk about because it's so obvious and such a simple thing. We've talked about why. Uh, to avoid putting your team in, in second and third and long situations. I mean, that's that's why. Because then you open up the playbook to really have the defense off guard trying to predict whether you're going to run or pass. First down, especially if you continue to do it, they fucking know. And you continue yeah. to do it. It's almost stubborn and insulting to anyone with two eyes who's ever followed the rules of the game. Dude, I couldn't agree more. And I'm so happy that you said it because stubborn and insulting, those are perfect adjectives for this. Like, it's unbelievable. How do you think? Why? Like, but why is my thing? What? Yeah. Where is, what is the actual thought process behind it? Like, I just don't understand it. I, as like from a game to game thing, I don't get it. You have Tom Brady from just a from a macro philosophical side of, of the macro philosophical side of things. It doesn't make any sense to me. Byron, I we I think I mentioned this last week too. Not mentioned it or just brought it up. Like Byron Leftwich is a quarterback. I just I always find it shocking when quarterbacks who end up calling plays are super conservative on first down. I don't know, man. You don't have Jameis back there. You don't have some of the other Bucks quarterbacks that they've trotted out before. You got Tom fucking Brady. Like, it just makes things easier to be more aggressive on first down. And yeah. and it's not like you have – it's not Kenny Pickett that you're throwing in there in a Steelers game to trust to make the right decision. It's Tom Brady. I just – I feel like he's really doing the team a disservice right now, and this is not a great look for his head coaching um, prospects because anyone's just going to be able to point to the personnel that they have and say, wow, what the hell happened to the offense, right? And I know there's injuries, of course, but I don't know. It's tough to watch. I mean, watching every game and, you know, and actually trying to pay attention and take notes and just seeing them ram their head against a wall on first down, every, like, every week, I don't know, man. It's it's tough. It's uh... Before before, before, yeah, before, before Bo goes, I just want to say, to clarify, we have entered the quarterly review part part of the episode because um you know obviously yes. the bucks didn't run that much that game but like scott was was harping on well we can't judge the game plan in a game where they were playing catch up and just trying to stay yeah. alive so we're it's, not talking about that we're talking about the whole season so far yeah um go ahead bo i just like i think especially i've been thinking about this for a little while it's just like how many plays are in a playbook right and it's mm -hmm. just like how many plays do you actually get to run out of that playbook and how many plays do you say in September and October? I'm just not showing any of these. And I'm just wondering if he comes into these games with a scheme, just knowing that like I can't put so much of the things that I want to put on that are going that we're going to do later on the season. I don't want to put that on tape yet. And I just wonder because like it was the same thing with the Chiefs last uh, last week, the week before this, where it's just like, why are you struggling so much with the? Uh, the Colts. with the way that you're calling this game or oh, even sorry. the Rams even on Monday night I was just like why are you struggling this much and I, I think part of the Rams is just like they don't have the personnel that they want for a lot of these packages but it is it's frustrating with the Bucks. like it's just 
especially on a, on a week like of this, where you have all these guys coming back and everyone's kind of raring to go, why not be a little bit more aggressive, especially when you're down seven? It's just like, like, let's just, let's come out, run a play action. Everybody knows that we want to run it on first down now. Why don't we start playing into that a little bit more? But I think, especially with left, which I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt for like a few more weeks to be like, okay, maybe you're trying to save something here until you have your full complement of your weapons and you want to put out the packages that you want. You want to show these plays a certain way later on in the season. And I don't know. I just, I just wonder how much of the playbook he's leaving unread basically. Yeah. You mean the passing half? (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> all the passing packages yeah. are no, really muted that's for sure there's there's probably something to that Bo. and I, I i see what you mean like it's it's a it's a loss in september against a good team it's certainly not the world coming to an end but if you're trying to win a game against a good team as well and you see yeah. mahomes absolutely vibing over there then left which bowls figure it out open it up early honestly because it's naive to think that your defense is going to be lights out like it has been the previous few weeks and just hold Kansas city to 17 points. You know what I mean? Like if, if you can't figure that out during the game that you're going to have to score 35 to have a chance, then, you know, it, it's almost like the super bowl win um, did them a disservice in this game, which, Hey, yeah. obviously you would, uh, you'd take that trade off uh, 11 times out of 10. Uh, you know what I mean? But you, just cause you stop Mahomes and, and the chiefs doesn't mean you're going to do it again. And I don't know. I just feel like, they were trying to win another game 2017 and there was no way that was going to happen. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, left, which is, is it's a true chestnut checkers situation. And he's, uh, and he's keeping things off the tape and they'll just continue to get more healthy and we'll, and we'll see a more aggressive approach on first down and just in general, but fuck man, you're playing the chiefs. Like let show me something, you know, like Rashad white, three carries for six yards, Lenny, three carries for minus three yards. I think I'm going to puke. Like that's, that's six carries for three yards. Yeah. So, how many of those are first down carries? Well, yeah, I know how many well, of those started off a series, right? Exactly. Like, and then it puts even more pressure on a very immobile Tom Brady. Right. And so it's, and then I don't know. It, it's just, listen, that's obviously particularly bad. Those stats that I just listed off. I mean, I feel like we could have averaged that. Actually, I mean, maybe plus three decapitations if we were playing, but you know what I mean, right? Like that's disgusting. And fuck, I just, it's just hard to watch. I just think their players are so good. I just want to see them at their best. You know what I mean? I think that's what it really, it's like I'm disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. With Leftwich, like whether it's an intentional stubbornness, like we alluded to with running the ball so frequently early, early on early downs, like, I think he just needs to stop being reactive as a play caller and letting other teams' performance dictate how he calls the game because that's what I've seen so far this year. He needs to come out of the gate swinging, and I'm like, where the fuck is Bruce Arians right now? Like, where's this no risk it, no biscuit? Because Bruce wouldn't have that. I think in previous years, Bruce kind of would let Lefwich do his thing and then got in there and was like, Byron, throw the fucking ball. Like, I'm just – I'm wanting him to – to get involved but also like i know that's not always how it works but anyway i'm just saying like you know i'm with you guys on that 
I, I do think, though, there's time for him to show, which it's happened both of the last two years, where we, I've been very frustrated with the play calling early in the season, and then he kind of turns a corner. Bo, it's an interesting theory about him, like, saving something and that being almost like an intentional thing. But if you're not winning every game, you don't have the right to do that. Like, yeah. it's that simple, but right? Like, every- since we're talking about the super macro part of this, it's like, is there anyone in this division that you're worried about? No. No. Like, honestly, like, the Saints do not look like the Saints anymore. Like, yeah, I, and I mean... Back to, like, bite us in the ass in a few weeks from now, but, like, they don't look good. They look bad. Yeah, and, and another, just to that point, another interesting uh, piece of information that Greg Allman of The Athletic uh, dug up today that I found interesting is, like, the Buccaneers, the opponents they've played so far are... Uh, Three of the four opponents have winning records. The one team that doesn't is the Saints, who are still generally viewed as a potential playoff team. They have the talent. They've just, you know, kind of got hit with a litany, litany of injuries. Um, and they have Jameis as their quarterback. But anyway, they 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 didn't have those injuries when they played the Bucs. So really, you yeah. could almost argue they've played four teams that could have a winning record. And I know we're at the start of the year, so records are whatever. But the remaining 13 opponents, none of them have a winning record at this juncture. Yeah. So yeah, the point well, is, you guys have a really easy uh, schedule coming up. Hey, it's more how hard. We talked this. about the we talked about the those first four games being a gauntlet, right? Yeah. And I I think I literally mentioned last week when's the one o'clock game against Atlanta coming, and yeah, I honestly hadn't looked at the schedule, and it's this week. So like that feels like it couldn't come at an easier time or at a better time. Not to knock Atlanta, who has at the very least been frisky and like fun to watch. Right, yeah. so yeah, you know, they're that's a, they're cool. A cool two and two. They're a much better two and two or than uh, yeah, and like people the, are, uh, whoever uh, yeah, Bears. and people the Bears are two and two too. This is a completely different team. Yeah, but people, I I mean, I saw some people or uh, at the start of the year who thought Atlanta was a potential bet for the worst record. You know what I mean? Yeah, so like that's exactly. kind of what they were being considered. Not to saying, I just mean they're friskier than we thought, but I still think sure. this is a great time to get this game, right? I haven't, so, been, wa- I haven't been watching the Falcons games, but a lot of people are, are complimenting Arthur Smith and how that offense is like doing things, which is funny because Kyle Pitts is just continuing to not yeah. produce statistics, which is just the most mind-boggling thing when you, when you think of that roster. Drake London looks fantastic. Um, Dude, Dude, I saw a, I saw a tweet today. It was basically saying like Kyle Pitts apparently sat out of practice today, and the tweet was just like Arthur Smith is basically taking game in-game simulations way too seriously now. Like they do oh, not yeah. use them <laughs> nearly enough. Um, one yeah. good thing that I'll say, and like will be kind of like the most interesting part of this game on Sunday, which we expect the Bucks to win. I think all three of us expect the Bucks to win handily. Mm-hmm. Um, the Falcons. Their like running game is unbelievably good. Even though Cordell Patterson went down, um, the way that they're scheming it seems like that's what's working for them. Their offensive line is playing much better than they expected. I saw a stat that they are actually averaging 2.84 yards before a point of contact is made, which is wow. basically a second level. So it's wow. it's uh, yeah. very interesting. So if the Bucks come out there with the same run defense as they had against the Chiefs, this might be a very tight game, if not like a very, like a very close loss. Honestly, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I do. I think they're going to come out. I think the Bucks are going to play well. I think it's time for a, you know, for a thirty-five twenty win. That's, you know, that's yeah. what I'm hoping for here. I do wish that it was the Panthers 
and not the Falcons this 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 week. Just from a wow, Carolina is is bad, bad. The coach yeah. and the quarterback appear not to know how to do anything, and and I think Atlanta at least is like vibing, right? But um, yeah, man, it's gonna be an interesting. It's gonna be an interesting one. Um, I think Tampa's an eight point favorite as of now. Like yeah. I come out, Bodan, come out and take the lead. Come Honestly. out. You don't you don't have to make it so stressful in the second half. You you're allowed to go out and just and just try to win the game, right? I, I'd like to see that from a superior team, which is what the Bucks are. Yeah, I, I just looked it up and I was just like quickly just opening and closing the drives as I went along. It looks like every drive in the first quarter started with a run. And it's yeah. just like you're down 14-3. Like you need yeah. to just start passing now. Like as soon as you're down seven, nothing, you need to start passing. So yeah, if they basically attack the game as like, okay, fourth quarter is basically our first quarter, and they play the call like call plays like that way, then yeah, yeah I, I just I don't know. We'll see. I totally agree. And like I've harped on this. I don't know if I've I maybe I've said it here, but I've definitely said it to some buddies. It's like NFL games are short. You only get so many possessions, right? Like you really it's way, have, less than, it's way less than it feels like. Sometimes. Way less like, than it feels like. Like wow, it. How many times are you watching on Sunday and like boom, the first quarter's done? A call, right? Like yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's pretty quick. So yeah, it's like we had 14, we had one fucking drive and the quarter's over. Like yeah, what? Exactly. So fourteen yeah. to three is not insignificant. Right, like it's two scores, and it's like, I don't know, I don't know. It just you get your backs against the wall in this in this league, in this with with the way like like we just said, with how many possessions you get, you you got to score, man. You don't want to fall behind, and you don't want to fall behind against a good offense. So anyway, I, I just relating that to this Falcons game coming up, I just want to see them go up immediately if they can get the ball, go down, march down their throat, and score like. Don't be in a game with 12 minutes left in the fourth. Just try not to, if you can. I know yeah, that one, sounds. I know it's easier said than done, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and I think a lot. Like, I'm making excuses because I'm as as frustrated as anyone with uh, left, which is predictable inconsistencies and whatnot. But um, one player we didn't mention who was back that I think is important that's going to help, hopefully, him feel more confident opening it up a little bit is is Donovan Smith. The one of the most underrated left tackles in the game for sure. hyper extended his elbow like right at the beginning of the season, right? So it was one thing to have those two young linemen, Hainsey at center, who's played pretty well, in my opinion, and Luke Gadecki, uh, who's a left guard who's really struggled a lot. Um, but I just I did notice um that Donovan Smith was back last game still, just that that section of um the offensive line. So I think that that could potentially give Leftwich a bit more confidence, right? Because when you're down to like two reliable O linemen, um, it's 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 really hard to open up the playbook. At least I think that's how some coaches view it, and maybe that's potentially, you know, a part of his thought process. Um, I'm gonna ask a question, and it is: Do you guys believe? So the Buccaneers, like we already talked about it, their defense, arguably the best defense in football through three weeks. Last week they get they get their asses handed to them. Okay. Like what? Where are they really? From what you've seen so far, like are they a legit defense? Like I know my answer, but I'm curious what you guys think moving forward as we reflect on the first quarter of the season. I mean, honestly, Dak Dak got hurt in that first game, right? Am I remembering yeah. that correct? So Dak gets hurt in the first game, 
the Saints' offense is a train wreck, and I wouldn't say that Green Bay's offense is a train wreck, but it is. It's going to be very mediocre, I think, throughout the whole year. So I do think it was a little bit smoke and mirrors um, uh, relative to the competition, uh, like that top ranked defense or whatever Tampa was. I think they're a good. I think they're a very good defense. I don't think they're going to be considered elite by the end of the year. That's I would fall like they're like one of the seventh to to twelfth best. Yeah, they won't lose. The they won't lose you a game, but they can't win you one either. I think I'm. Well, I think I'm in the same place as you, Scott. It's, yeah. I think it's. I think I just I want to see it from the front. I like. I just basically want the pressure that run that like envelope of a run defense that you guys had for the last two years. I just I'm not positive that it's there yet is basically yeah. where I'm at with it. It's just like, I do I think that this defense is going to be getting better as the season goes along? And I'm not, I'm not sure. I like, I think we've, we might've seen the best games this defense has mm. played already is basically where I'm at with it. Well, let's hope that's not the case. Well, no, I don't no, no, I'm not saying there's like a precipitate, like you're going to fall off a cliff. No, 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 I just no. think that like what you're going to ask this defense to do week after week, it's just, it's just not oh. sustainable, and I, I don't think that it's there. Like I don't think they can oh. stop Patrick a Patrick Mahomes offense. I, I don't think they I, can stop a Josh Allen offense. Yeah, Lamar Jackson's going to give them troubles. I think Jalen Hurts. No, and the no one can stop. Yeah. No one can stop. Yeah, those no guys, one can though. stop those guys. It, uh, totally, totally. But you can give them. You can like the Buffalo Bills did. Like that second half against the Ravens was like one of the most impressive defensive football. And I know it was raining and it was like a horrible conditions. They were very impressive against like a very run centric Lamar Jackson heavy offense. And yeah, yeah. the Ravens are are coughing up leads left, right, and center. Right, like yeah. they're five hundred right. right now for that reason. Like they've blown, they blew a huge lead to Miami as well. So that also but, sounds like a bit of an issue on their part. But Bo, not to take anything sorry. away from the Bills. Yeah, Bo. I see what you're saying, Bo. I'm just saying I hope that's not the case. That's all. I, I mean, I think what you're saying has a decent, you know probability like where, where does outcomes. this where does this defense where does this defense get better in the middle or we think is no, Vita I, Veo, like i think we can't we can't look too much specifically at this one game like i do think it's a little bit it's more of an outlier than the previous three games like i would i would so, certainly side more with that as a, as a proper evaluation of the defense in this past yeah. game um and that's not to say that i think your your guys assessment of where they're at league-wide by the end of the year is is misguided by any means i would side with more we're talking about a top six top seven defense so the higher end of what you suggested but i think that's totally reasonable i still think they got all the hogs like they got all the guys they yeah. need you know and, yeah, I, and i'm totally confident agree. with todd bowles calling a defense i actually love todd bowles calling a defense and what we've learned in years previous it, like they got a super bowl done with a lot worse defense. This is the best defense that Tom Brady's had in Tampa. There's no doubt about that in my mind. And I think they'll show it as the season goes along. That's not to say they're going to be a juggernaut on that side of the ball. Because I hope the offense is letting it fly. Like, I'm more concerned with seeing that that side of the ball really find their rhythm. And, I, and Yeah, like, that's the opposite for me. I think this offense is going to be so much better than what we've seen. Like, that, so, oh, like I agree with that, yeah. Yeah. Like it's like I feel like where they are right now isn't even a close to an indication of how good they could be later on in like January or December, right? Yeah, you know what this offense could use though, boys. Antonio Brown, no, <laughs> Gronk. Oh, Gronk. Use, use a little <laughs> yeah. Gronk. Do you guys you think it's Gronk. gonna happen still? You think it's gonna happen at a point or what, Bo? You're oh, like, yeah. yeah, Scotty, you do. I yeah. totally lost faith. 
I do. Oh, I feel Brady's... like we would have seen him a little bit by Dude, now. Dude, like, we haven't even talked. Brady's getting divorced. I feel like anything's I'm... on the table. Like, you yeah, 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 I yeah. think. Yeah, I think Gronk could definitely come back and could use we'll a get... friend. Maybe Brady. But, yeah. Maybe Brady is literally going through the divorce, so we can use that as a recruitment <laughs> card on Gronk to really pull out the friend card and be like, Gronk, I'm, I'm divorced. Divorcing Giselle, I need you right now, man. Yeah, I need Gronk, you. I haven't oh, given you. I've, yeah. oh, oh, Tommy, I'm sorry, man. You're right. I'll come cut some, get some tutties, buddy. All right. Yeah. Let's, I, just wait till week nine. Yeah, Brady's like, I need you Sundays from one to four specifically. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Jason yeah, Light's possible. just like, Tom, you're gonna have to use your family as leverage. It's, 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 <laughs> run out of options. Yeah, Light new, Light new. Oh my God. I think. Sorry, just regarding the defense, I think they're good enough. So wherever that falls, you know what I mean. Where whatever ranking, blah blah blah. I think they have enough to to make a run, and you know, especially comparing it against the other NFC contenders, right? Like, are, are they demonstrably worse? I, I I do think the Niners have a better defense, but we'll we'll see if they can if they can score enough points to actually make a run. Feels like they always do, but um, yeah, I do think the Niners have a a definitively better defense, but like the Eagles. No, anyone in the or anybody else in the NFC East? No, I don't think anyone else matters in the NFC South. And then I think the Packers defense, to be honest, has been a little bit underwhelming. I think they've been okay, but I thought they were going to be pretty dominant this year. We'll see. Maybe they get yeah. there. But well, um, they were dominant against the Bucks. It's just yeah, Bailey Zapp gave them a lot. Yeah, of last week. yeah. exactly. Missing, Bucks are missing their literally their three best offensive weapons too, though, right? Like those things matter, yeah. right? So if we're gonna, we got to play both sides of that yeah. coin. There's always this league. There's so many guys. There's so many guys going to be out at various times. Like yeah. it's all about that sample size. And as each week goes on, we're gonna get a clearer picture. So, but that's sure. part of the fun of right now trying to predict what we think is for real and what we think is a mirage, right? Or if it's somewhere in the middle and. Um, I certainly think this Buccaneers defense is, is better than good enough to get it done because because I think when they were good enough to get it done, barely was when they won that Super Bowl in 2020. And I like I just said three minutes ago, I think I think this defense is substantially better than that group. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I hope it's kind of sad this Tom Brady um, divorce it's, stuff because it seemed like super sad. Yeah, like it seemed like him and Giselle were in a really good place. He just seemed to have this new lease on life since he came to Tampa and they were in the middle of building a house and just like, I don't know, like I told you guys, like that that um, that concept came across our, our Bucks game day chat for SI, like who's going to take this article. And I was available and ready and I, like, I knew that would get clicks, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't. Yeah, do it. I couldn't. I couldn't. I didn't want to write about that. Well, um, we had to. I get that. I had, I get we had to write about it, but I just didn't want to because it made me sad. Okay, but okay, so th- it's a pretty wild situation, right? Like Brady's what forty five. I mean, yeah. Giselle was probably thinking after the Titans playoff game, right? <laughs> Remember when he couldn't throw and yeah, they scored yeah. ten points or whatever it was? Um, she was probably thinking then. All right, what a run! Undoubtedly, the best quarterback of all time, best career, you know. Oh shit, four more years or three more years. It's like that's a lot, man. Like, that's a lot from just a strict like we're all married. That's that's a big ask. I can only you know what I mean. And yeah, yeah. There's they have all the money in the world, they have all the fame in the world, but she's probably like, Hey, can you help me with the children at some point? Which I mean, I'm not I don't know. I'm not calling Tom, I'm not calling Brady like an absentee father, but it's like he's clearly prioritized another season 
with the box and just playing over a lot of this stuff. I can't imagine that this is, yeah, I can't imagine that this is the first time that it's come up. Right. And he did try. Go ahead. Imagine how addicted you'd be if you were that good at something, which, which I do the best of all time. (laughs) I know. And I'm still, and you're still so good at it. Like I get that point of it, obviously, but is, was she like, okay, supported you like pretty good. I think we're good now. Nobody else plays until this age, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I can see both sides of it. And you're talking about Whoa. that Tennessee game as kind of being a tease yeah. to her, like her thinking it's done or whatever. Like, yeah, maybe she thought he was done when he fucking retired six months ago, too. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Couldn't have, that couldn't have helped his cause in hindsight. And, I mean, I, I have my own theories as to why he did it. I think he felt pressured from the media and he just hadn't made a decision yet. And he was like, fine, I'll say I'm retired so you leave me alone. But that's a different argument. Regardless, that's what happened. So... Um, yeah, it, it's a sticky situation, but it is sad because I don't know. And as as much as he's, you know, being an NFL football player, that's going to take up enough of your time. Naturally, I, I think he's a really involved father when he can be from our vantage point. We don't fucking know. But the <laughs> only other thing that the slight glimmer of hope out of all of this is if they do go through with the divorce, then part of me is like, well, shit, like then maybe we got another year or two. Like maybe he's then going to be like, fine, <laughs> fine. Oh, what's the point of retiring then? Like spite play now, bro. Like. Keep it going, then. Let's just push the limit. Yeah, TV. he's oh married God. to the game now. He's married divorced. to the game, just he, only in Tampa. Shit. This is the best that. thing. This is the best thing for Bucks fans. Are you kidding me? Yeah, There's yeah. no guilt. Freak, fucking like, yeah, take the house. I'm just gonna keep playing. Like he doesn't have to listen to <laughs> it anymore. Right? But yeah, exactly. He probably has just. He probably built like a beach house on the side of it or some weird shit. Um. The- they're in the middle, know, middle of building a massive place right now, and it's just halted construction, like right on the Ugh. right on the water. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. I totally knew that when I said it. Um, I that. Yeah, that's just. I, but like from the people in actual personal, it's like this. This is a tough one. Like this looks like shit, and also, it is in the middle of the season. Like, I. That's not a freeing way to play. And no. obviously mm-hmm. he looked great on Sunday and he's probably, you know, lunatic enough to be able to compartmentalize and just in focus uh, when he needs to. But I don't know, man, that's a lot. That's a lot going on up top to have to, to deal with, but if anyone can do it, I guess it's him. That's a good way to look at it. And on that note, I think, uh, I think we're pretty much out of time here this evening. So Bo and Scott, I want to thank you both as always for, uh, making sure this show runs so smoothly with the objective opinions you guys bring to the show and all the other flavor you put on it. Um, Anyone listening, please make sure you subscribe to the Bucks Banter YouTube channel. Uh, We're slowly but surely continuing to acquire more of an audience and uh, would love for you to be a part of it. So we do this about once a week. And if you can't catch us live on YouTube, feel free to download or stream on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you check out BucksGameDay.com, where we're where it is the only Sports Illustrated website dedicated specifically to covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On that note, uh, we will talk at some point after the Buccaneers play the Falcons this Sunday at 1 p.m. For all of our Canadian listeners, happy Thanksgiving, and be well, everyone. We'll talk soon. Peace out.